Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. our final hour of our program here on the horn of course we'll hand the baton to light the tower at 10 o'clock craig and jeff colonel cameron parker and the crew chad and zay through your midday harge and uh, rod this afternoon with patrick and the ball don't lie program on a busy thursday a lot going on good stuff in there talking oh, we got a lot in that's fictional restaurants and bars we got buck on some buck off Good stuff on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because somebody asked about Ozzy Osbourne because I said he was the guy not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, Black Sabbath is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he went in as a member of that band. But he's not in for his solo career, which I think he probably should be. Lenny Kravitz. Like, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young are not in. Crosby, Stills, and Nash are. Like, they didn't, they didn't, because Neil Young's in on his own, too. Right? The Canadian uh, singer-songwriter. So, yeah, a lot of names that you would expect would be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that aren't. Um, but there you go. There's some music on the, and it's really getting more amplified when you're starting to put in people like Willie Nelson and right. Missy Elliott, which, yeah, I like, I, I like that they're branching out and they're diversifying some of the music tastes and de- redefining what rock and roll is, but let's get all the good rock and roll people in first before you start doing that. Right. Or at least along the way. Mike, I, lo- I love all the bands that sound like law firms, you know, the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, this Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Well, those are all super groups, right? Right, but they just they sound like the lawyer you would need when you got hit sure. by a Mack truck. Yeah, I mean Crosby, you know David Crosby and Stephen Stills, Graham Nash, and form a, a band, and then they they had Neil Young, I mean, super group, right? Uh, back in the day, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, another one um, happens, which is good. But yeah, and I can see them, you know, a lot. I mean, David Crosby's in as a, a solo artist and the the, the t- performer that he was, but. Uh, yeah, so we'll take your thoughts on some of that conversation. In addition to football and basketball and the NBA, but so you like uh, the Warriors big tonight? Is that right? I do. I don't know what the line is. I hadn't looked at the line. I know six, six. Thank yeah, you. I would take the Warriors in the six. It just feels like the Lakers. They they wanted to split. They got they got their one. They'll take a they'll take their foot off the gas a little bit. Golden State will play with more urgency, and Golden State will win by ten or fifteen. Feels like it. That's what we saw last night. Where and again, there's there's a human nature side to it both ways. That you know, Philadelphia once they got down. You know, I don't think they were going to wear themselves out trying to get back in that game because it's we've already got our game in Boston, and mm-hmm. uh, now we're going back home. And if we can defend our home court and uh, save our energy for those games, we can still get back in control of this series. That's all you're looking to do uh, in a seven-game series is the road team and, and split those first two, which we've seen uh, Miami do, which yep. we saw Boston or Philadelphia do, and now the Lakers have done it. Uh, Phoenix was unable to do so. and yeah, Phoenix is cooked. Phoenix feels cooked at this point. The Chris Paul injury. Uh, Monty Williams, their head coach, is having to figure out 
the defensive end and what to do with Nikola Jokic at this point. They don't have much of an answer. They tried to double him a lot, and uh, it was Jamal Murray that killed them in the first game, and then they, you know, then Jokic just killed them because they were trying to focus on Jamal Murray in game two. They don't, and then on offense, if, you, if Kevin Durant and um, Devin Booker are going to miss that many shots like they did in game two, uh, be careful. But again, you know, seven game series doesn't become a series until a road team wins a game. If Phoenix goes home and defends their home court in the desert, goes two two, all of a sudden we're down to a three game series. So uh, if Denver goes in and splits in in uh, in Phoenix, you pretty much can cook them at this point, but we'll see. That's not tonight. The only tonight is the are the Lakers and the Warriors. Uh, what do you think you're getting tonight in that one there, Ty? You feeling good about uh, the Warriors side of that thing? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think they bounce back, big, big, I, similar I, to last night. I'm glad this tipping at eight o'clock because I can probably stay up for this one and not fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> when it starts at nine or nine thirty, man, there's I can try for a half, but then it's going to be. Katie bar the door. But uh, this one I can make at an 8 o'clock tip in a standalone game. I just hope we have a real good game. I think uh, – and I know you know the TV network wants that too because the the ratings should be off the charts here. With If you're looking at the ratings so far through the first round, to have Steph and LeBron head-to-head uh, add the, you know, the piece of Anthony Davis, the way he played the other night. A uh, lot of star power in that basketball game and that whole series, which would be a lot of fun. Can I say again on a buck off Thursday, buck off to Charles Barkley. You know, Charles will do pretty much anything. It's maybe the greatest, you know, pregame halftime show that's ever been created. That uh, NBA, on NBA TNT. on TNT. Yeah, it's great. It is so funny. You know, your belly laughs every time because Shaq will say something dumb. Or you see Shaq rip the fart the other night. That was over that. Yeah, I mean, he he, he blamed it on uh, what did he say? He had some. Uh, he ate something. They're always eating good there. I mean, he's he's like seven. Three, three hundred and something pounds. I mean, he's got a lot of stuff in there, you know. Sometimes well, his farts are going to sound louder than yours, I promise you. But um, so last night, I don't know if they dared him to do this or what. I saw the video. He cleaned his phone by licking it. Mm. Like his phone. What's more filthy than your phone? Nothing. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like toilet seats are cleaner than, than oh, that. Oh, it's in your hands all the time. Then yeah. it's put in your pocket. And then you set it on a table. And then you put it here and you put it there. And, you know, I try to clean my phone every every day or two right just wipe it down and you know keep it clean but you can't lick the thing no you can't you can't lick. you the can't thing. lick the thing ty have you ever licked your phone I'm, i learn something new about you every day every show <laughs> um, like i learned today that you make more money gambling than you do working for the horn so sometimes most weeks most weeks uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no, i mean maybe you get a little ranch on your phone or something need some wings oh you don't want to smear it with a with a napkin you might might lick it I'm not the most sanitary guy. You can't put your guy, tongue though. on it. Mm. Mm. I'm not. I'm not. You know, Rod Babers. You see all these these handy wipes that are around here. Rod Babers is still like the most sanitary person. He cleans everything. He wipes everything down before he'll. And it's just his way. I mean, you just got, combined a lot of things. Rod Babers wouldn't like the the ranch as well, right? He doesn't eat white food. White condiments. Yeah. I'm ranch. I, if I didn't have ranch in my life, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> really? The Pluckers Ranch. The Pluckers Ranch is a different level so, of ranch. You know, as if you if you listen to the show regularly, you know I you know I like the the cheesesteak from Pluckers. Mm-hmm. I recently discovered. If you dip that in a little bit of ranch, mm. you get you get the the six ounce ranch cup from from Pluckers. Yep. Oh my god. I mean, I'm Game very changer. Texan. Uh, I am not a huge ranch guy, uh, but Pluckers Ranch should be bottled and sold at a lot yeah, of places. Yeah, th- there's certain places where no. The I mean, I, I don't like Hidden Valley. You know. It, yeah. You, it, but I used to work at Austin's Pizza, and one of my duties mm. there was make the I, ranch. I was a ranch man, okay. and that ranch, I'll tell you what, Bob. good. 
Game, yeah. Game changer. Making the, did you put it in the big barrel there and mix oh, yeah. it up? Oh, yeah. Use a little heavy heavy mayonnaise. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. it's, all it is is heavy mayonnaise, buttermilk, and, and ranch pat. Like, y'all ever seasoning. run into, y'all know any blue cheese people? I hate blue cheese. Wags. I don't either. Wags. Wags is a blue uh, cheese guy. Oh, he's, from the, he's from the East Coast, though. Yeah. Huh? Like, yeah. I think blue cheese crumbles will make me sick if I see them. Ugh. They put on a salad. No, but uh, I'm a ranch guy. You know what's good in, in ranch is a really good French fries. Like it's really oh, yeah. good French fries. Yeah. Really not much that isn't good with some, some good ranch. It's of your cell that. phone. But you still can't lick your cell phone. Still can't do that. That's not going to be okay. Just saying. Th- sorry, Charles. But that is a buck off. That is a buck off. Um, also, is it a buck on? Because here's what we do, Mike, and, and you're new to the buck off Thursday thing, at least being a part of the show. We do buck offs and buck ons. Get it off your chest. Hammer somebody who needs it, right? But um, I'll say buck on to the Cowboys for drafting Deuce Vaughn. I thought that was a really, really cool moment. I don't think they did it just because the Chris is, uh, you know, in the scouting department, his father. But that was a cool scene, man. That was good television uh, over the weekend. Um, but then I'll, I'll ask you, Lionel Messi discussing a four hundred million dollar per year deal with the Saudis. Is that buck offable, or is that just the way we're going here? And it's a buck off for me. You know, I'm a huge international soccer fan. As a sports writer, I, I, I have the privilege to be able to sit around and watch those 2 o'clock games. Like, that's why I got into international soccer uh, on the European level is, you know, I didn't have a regular office job, so 2 o'clock on a Wednesday you can watch uh, some of the best soccer in the world. Uh, the Saudi League is not there yet. You know, they don't play in the Champions League. They don't, you know, you don't see them really on TV and stuff. It's a lot like live golf in that way where it's kind of like this outlaw league. Uh, that has some big names in it, but isn't sanctioned. You don't get to see it as much. So, you know, you, when you take away the best player of all time, in my opinion, Messi is the best soccer player of all time, and you go put him in Saudi Arabia, I mean, it's like if Michael Jordan in, in, at the end of his career was playing in, in Japan or something, you just never got to see him, right? So I was hoping uh, as his his uh, career came into the twilight that he'd go to the MLS and maybe somebody like – I've been talking about Miami. Yeah, would give him a bunch of money and maybe like 25% of the team or something, and that'd be an option. But, yeah, going to Saudi, that stinks. I'm going to give that a buck off. I agree. Yeah, and again, it's, it gets political and Saudis and this and that and where the money's coming from. I think we've been through that over and over again with yeah. the Live Golf Tour. I'm just, it's just about not being able to see him. Right, and and exactly, the selfishness of it. But, you know, I, you know, can, can you can you blame Lionel Messi for being selfish, saying, look, I'm going to take – I'm 35 years old. This is probably my last contract. And I know people will say, well, he's already made a ton of money, which is true. But at the same time, if someone wants to pay you $400 million to play a year of soccer or – by the way, that would be an annual payment. Yes. So if you could play two more years of soccer and make $800 million, yep. who among us could turn that down? And I, I understood that with the Live Golf Tour guys that took the money and went, Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka and those guys. At the same time, I didn't agree with it. I wish they would stay with the PGA Tour and grow the game. But at the same time, you know, you you understand an individual taking that money. You know, Buck on recently, Harold Varner III, as Bucky calls him, Harold Harold Varner the Thursday, which I always thought was a great nickname, uh, good on Thursday. But Harold, you know, he came out really strong again and basically said what we all know. Look, this was for money. Yeah, uh, I took it for money. And he kind of kind of excoriated some of his other live golfers for trying to couch it in other things. Like, y'all, come on. I mean, we know what we're doing here. We're not growing the game of golf by doing this. Uh, we're, we're, we're cashing in. Uh, if we really wanted to grow the game, there are a lot of other ways we'd go about it. But I, I appreciated his honesty because that's – I don't know that I've heard someone as as uh, as honest as Harold was. Here's his quote. He he said they're full of blank. <laughs> he said, uh, uh, of course, the, the the league is is funded by the Saudi Public Investment Fund and oil money. He says uh, talking to the Washington dis, dis, uh, Post and dismissing with colorful language the other live pros pronounced pronounced reasons for joining the new tour. 
He says, uh, they're full of S. He says, uh, hold on, now I got an advertisement popping up so I can't read the story. Oh, man. How about all these clicks? He says, they're full of blank. They're, they're go, growing their pockets. I tell them all the time, all of them, you didn't come here to blanking grow the, F, the blanking game. You came here to grow your pockets. Yeah. Just say it. And thank you, Harold. Appreciate that. But, again, good for them. Go do it. But for Lionel Messi, and, and you know, the Live Tour offered Tiger Woods $800 million, million to join their tour, and Tiger said no. And Tiger's a billionaire, so no one's, you know, you understand that. But Lionel Messi's the golden toe, man. This is yeah. the greatest it's ever been. Because two things can be true at one time. Like, I can also know that if I was a Live Golf, if I was Dustin Johnson, I would have done the same thing. If I was Lionel Messi, I would have done the same thing. But it also stinks. Like, those two things can be true at the same time. Like, yeah. If it was offered to me, I'm not turning down that money. But as a fan and somebody who's not turning down that money, I would prefer if all the best players stayed in the same league because that makes the league better and more enjoyable to well, watch. Well, and in the arguments and debates I got with our audience all the time was I, I'm in support of the because I always have to point out everybody had the choice. Mm-hmm. Every player had money on the table. Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, uh, every one of these dudes had a choice to make and could still make it. And I, I honor, I, I respect the guys that stuck with it, and they're, are, you know, they, they're forcing change on the PGA Tour, which is a good thing to the, to heighten the purses and the things that they're doing. Uh, every player had a, had a choice to make. The only ones that I really criticize are the ones that are still in the prime of their career. Uh, you know, Brooks, Ke- I mean, uh, Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, they need to stay in this. This, I mean, Phil Mickelson's fifty years old. I don't, I have no problem. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Johnson he pushing up to forty. I kind of get it. He's had some injury issues. Uh, but man, if you're in the prime and you want to, and we just saw Brooks Kepka do it head to head at the Masters with the best players in the world, I, I just wish they would you know, stay and compete for the championships. But again, I get the money. Um, I'm glad Bryson DeChambeau is gone. Get him as far away as possible. <laughs> he won a U.S. Open. I mean, right, he's just such a tool. He is uh, SMU guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so Mike, while you're with us, uh, this is our last few segments here on a Friday or on a Thursday. Friday tomorrow, I will be at the Hyatt. Lost Pines Resort, uh, Lost Pines Club for the Mullet Open. I'll be broadcasting live at 6 a.m. Uh, and, and, Ty, you were asking me, is it worth your time to come out tomorrow after the show? Yes. Here's what I would say. Um, what, would, what, what would I be doing if I'm not playing nothing. golf? Nothing. I could probably maybe get you into the Lazy River. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> Float around the Lazy River. Get one of those bikes they got laying around there and just get, ride around. Get a, get a drink with a with – a, Umbrella. I did tell the the guy I met in Fort Worth on the streets this weekend that I, I would try to find him. So I'm, now I'm there is a seventy percent chance of rain tomorrow, today, and tomorrow. What time? Oh, that's what I got to look at. I mean, there's rain in the forecast every day. Yeah, I don't think it's a week. ton of rain. Is it thunderstorm rain? No, I think it's one of those like you know point two five inches expected type situations. <laughs> she was hoping for what? Well, never mind. Uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> but so for you, Ty, since you are going to be producing this show until 10 o'clock and it would take you a good 40 minutes to get out there, uh, 30 minutes, well, once you wrap up, might be 11 o'clock before you get to, it's only a 20, 25 minute trip past the airport there. But um, by the time you got out there, everybody's going to be teeing off. The, te- the thing tees off at 11. So I'll get off the air. Everybody will load up in their carts and we'll take off. So for you, what I would do is come out in the evening and have dinner. Just come out like at four o'clock. Uh, if it tees off at 11, we're done by 4, 4.30, between 4 and 5, and you can feast on the uh, Louis Miller barbecue that, from Taylor, Texas, my man Wayne Miller and his team. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. So just come out and eat dinner. Win a prize. You know, that, that's where you'll see everybody. Because if you come out there, it's going to be empty. It won't, I mean, Jansen will be there. Can I get in the raffle still? Yeah. Okay. 
worth it. We got to be there to support Bucky. It's my first year. You got to be a part of the show. Well, and I I know our former producer now star on the radio in Houston, Brad Kellner is coming back for that. There'll be all kinds of, it's almost like a reunion, Mike. We've been so many people who are playing this week have played in every turn, every one of them. And so I'm very jealous of all of this conversation. You are? Yeah. You can come out. Yeah. Come on. You well, know, I'm, like Ty, I'm like Ty, you know, if I don't get to play golf, you know. I I'm playing I'm next do. year. Yeah. I already told Bucky. I'm going to get in that Thursday one or whatever. Yeah. The mini mullet. The mini mullet. I think that's my more range there. <laughs> not as many people, not yeah. as crowded, a little shorter tournament. Yeah. Less I'm sharks. Like I, I'd, be, I'd be kind of scared to go to the real mullet open and just get taken. Hustled. Uh, so here's Craig Flowers is texting say 100% Ty you should be going to the mullet open event you'll be there but yeah but I, I, he was asking my advice don't come out at noon there's going to be everybody's be on the golf course unless you want to walk drive around and see everybody uh, the whole tournament will be out and then uh, dinner 4 35 o'clock be there raffle bring a you could win a big tv I mean people win big things there I want a I want a, a smoker grill one time and I didn't have where to put it I ended up trading it because <laughs> uh, I was about to move, and I was like, man, I don't need to move this thing all over the place. Yeah, Bucky has the best prizes of any golf tournament you'll ever play in. It's unbelievable. And then the food is uh, killer, so looking forward to that. But uh, that'll be tomorrow. Uh, today is the mini mullet open, and I should mention our friend Travis Tindall, Hayes City Store and Ice House, and the new great restaurant in downtown Buda called The Taste on Main. Uh, they have a great spot there now. By the way, the outdoor patio at The Taste on Main now open. What a great spot to hang out under the oak trees. So check them out. But they'll be out there tonight. Making those hamburgers after the round of the mini mullet open, Mike. The uh, the the college football conversations have been plentiful and tremendous this morning and yesterday, uh, with your insights on these Big Twelve teams and the teams in the state of Texas. We've won through uh, TCU, who you think have a lot of rebuilding to do, but think they'll be pretty good. Just a little bit of a step back, not twelve wins, maybe eight nine kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I think uh, the magazine I'll probably have the over and under set at eight. Set at eight, okay. Yeah. And then uh, we talked Houston Cougars. You have a hard time finding them with six or more wins. Yeah, if they get to 6-6, six six, I actually think that's a pretty good year. That's how tough of a task they have, not only moving into the Big 12, but just what their roster is. It is not prepared for what's about to happen. And that was the design when, when Tillman Fertitta, I know he's not the AD, but yeah, he is. He runs the program. Yeah. When they hired Dana Holgerson away from West Virginia, that was the idea, right? Let's Eventually, we're going to get ourselves into the Big 12. It's worked out. When we hit the Big 12, Dana, we need to be ready to go. No, and it not. looked like they it was going to be. You know, like in 2021, they won 12 games. They beat Auburn in a bowl game. They had won 11 in a row. The only loss they had in the regular season was to Cincinnati that went to the college football playoff. And so they went into last year with so many high hopes. It underachieved, and then they had a decent amount of, of losses to the transfer portal. It just doesn't feel like the excitement's there right now. Uh, and that's that's weird. What what happened? I mean, it just is it Dana? Is it bad luck? I mean, transfer portal... Yeah, I think it's a combination of stuff. You know, I do think, you know, Holgerson can be a harder guy to play for maybe in this era, this generation of, of players. He doesn't do the, you know, there's the tough love, right? And you need the love part of the tough love to work. I think he has an easier time doing the tough than the love part. And, and then maybe that doesn't, you know, work these days as well as it used to. Uh, but also, you know, Houston just does not have the money to keep some of these star players around. And if you don't have the culture, you don't have the locker room. And if you're not winning a bunch of games, What's there to stay for? And so I think you had a lot of guys on the team that that looked around and go, okay, we've been all conference players. We can go cash in, get some NIL money. Uh, because that, like we all know in the real life, right, like your time to get more money is in between jobs, not at the job. And so I, I think it's one of those leverage deals, and, and Houston just hasn't had the uh, infrastructure put in place yet to keep those guys around. 
Yeah, that is an interesting thought because um, you know Houston's been clamoring to get here, and they might get they might get beat up pretty good when they do, going week by week against the the Big it's 12. It's a tough schedule. It is. It is for them, including the Longhorns, October twenty first down in Houston. Uh, also, to, you know Texas Tech. I want to get to them coming up uh, with Joey McGuire and why they're so excited. But we also talked about uh, Rice, who. It should be good for Rice. I mean, is this going to be the best Mike Bloomgren team with JT Daniels at quarterback? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. They hadn't had a winning record or at least gone 500 since, I think, 2014 off the top of my head. And this this is their best roster since since the, the those David Bailiff teams, for sure. And uh, Dave Aranda at Baylor we discussed as well. And they're trying to bounce back. Won the Big 12 last year, 6-7. and seven. Uh, They're... Remember that bowl game they played in up there in Dallas when it was like no degrees? <laughs> it was so cold and windy, yeah. and they you could tell Baylor had no interest in being in the Playing game. Playing against the option team in 20-degree <laughs> yeah, like weather. Air Force yes. or whatever, yeah. in, in two-degree weather in with the windshield. In their rival stadium. They're in TCU Stadium. That's like Texas going to a bowl game in College Station and playing against Army in the snow or something. <laughs> no, like, thanks. No, thank you. Uh, but Baylor's ready for a reboot, and you say Dave Veranda, who didn't embrace the transfer portal early has now had to uh, yeah. and, and to, to restock the roster. Yeah, brought in a lot of new faces, a couple new offensive linemen from B- BYU, running back from Oklahoma State, wide receiver from Arkansas, got some, got some new linebackers, one from Liberty, Mike Smith, it's going to be their, their starting Mike linebacker off the top. So, you know, definitely uh, one of the things I like about Aranda is he's willing to kind of look at himself, self-reflect, and then say, I, I didn't do this very well, I'm going to do it differently this next year. A lot of coaches kind of get tied into what they're doing, their ego won't allow them. Uh, to admit admit mistakes out loud, but he's been very candid. You know, that first year he tried to be too much like Matt Rule because it was his first year being a head coach. He wasn't sure exactly how to act. Figured it out in year two. Didn't embrace the portal in the way he should have going into year three. Year three, and he's fixing that going into year four. Yeah, and as you pointed out, it, offense takes a lot of heat in Waco, but the defense was the problem defense has last to be year. Better. The defense, which was so good. Because they're not uh, going to win games 45 to 35. Like That's not what Baylor and Dave Aranda want to do. They want to win games you know, 25 to 20. And, stu- and and they did that in 2021. They did not do that at all last year. Well, you got to think the game like we saw here in Austin last November was a part of why they fired the defensive coordinator. You know, Texas essentially stopped throwing the ball and just pounded the rock at him with Bijan and Roshan and won the game. Uh, and, you know, you could tell Quinn Ewers was struggling. The offensive line was struggling. And then they couldn't stop the run. I mean, that'll that'll grind a, a defensive guy's gears big time. This yes. guys, we made him one dimensional. and We couldn't stop the dimension, uh, or we might have won the game. That's that. And what's the change at defense? Who's running the D now? Uh, they brought in Matt Pallage from from Oregon. He had been uh, at Baylor as an assistant coach for a couple years there at the end of Rules era and at the beginning uh, of Aranda. So a familiar face. Uh, younger guy, you know, Ron Roberts, a little bit older, I think. Uh, Pallage brings in his own ideas of him and Aranda kind of mix some stuff up and, and find some f- find some interesting ways to get better in that front seven. All right, we'll come back and uh, get you the latest. It's uh, B&E on a buck off Thursday with Mike Craven. Giving some great stuff right there, talking to you, taking your favorite all-time fictional bars and restaurants from your movies and TV shows. Also, buck-ons and buck-offs. It's May the 4th be with you day as well. Coming back on B&E. It's Bucky and Aaron. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got. All right, this is the. Uh, is this a remake, or is this the actual theme to the TV show Cheers? This is, the, this, this is it. I'm pretty sure, right? This is the full version, I guess. You know, what I can tell you something about this show, this song. This was my senior class song, as voted by the senior class. 
of uh, Cypress Creek High School, 1991. Oh, wow. Cypress Creek, huh? Yeah. As voted by the very large senior class. We were over capacity, but uh, a very large graduating class as a senior. But, yeah, this was the vote. Cheers. The theme song is our, our class song. I've entered my late 30s, and I read uh, somewhere that Norm was supposed to be like 34 or something like that in Cheers, and like really aged me. Like it hurt my heart, you know? <laughs> be like, oh, man, I'm older. Than, and the same with like Homer Simpson. I think Homer Simpson is supposed to be like 34, 35 in The Simpsons. It's like, oh, now I'm older than, the, than Homer. They go to Moe's Tavern is where they hang out in The yeah. uh, Simpsons. But, yes, Cheers, uh, a very, very good one. A lot of folks have mentioned The Regal Beagle from Three's Company, which is a very popular show. Uh, I think my first recollection as a kid of like a cool bar establishment would have been when watching their restaurant would have been watching the uh, the Dukes of Hazard and uh, the Boar's Nest. You're not a frequent watcher of the Dukes of Hazard, I'm assuming. No. But uh, yeah, the Boar's Nest because the Boar's Nest is where Daisy Duke worked because Bo and Luke were running around causing trouble. Mm. Daisy, she was a reputable lady. She she ran the Boar's Nest. See, to me, Daisy Duke is Jessica Simpson. No. Yes. Chris, yes. Catherine Bach. Yeah. No, the original. Uh, you know what? Jessica Simpson was pretty, but but uh, the original Daisy Duke had legs for days, my friends. What does Jessica Simpson do in these days? Count, that's counting one, Monday. Counting yeah. Monday. I haven't heard about her in a few years. Yeah, that's probably not a question you want answered, maybe. No, she's married to a former NFL player, and she's counting her money. Like, didn't chilling. She, well, because she, she started a... a a, a jewelry, like shoe brand, like a, a a line of clothes, and she's made a she's a billionaire. Mm. I mean, she's made a fortune. If um, if, you know, we saw Jessica Alba at the Knicks game the other night, and that went all viral. She started her own company. She's made a billion dollars from thinking tuna fish was chicken. Yeah, to a billionaire. Hunter and, Dickinson has decided where he will be playing college basketball next year. Hold on one second. Yeah. Um, but I got to forget the Jessica Simpson. Yeah, she's what well, she started some. She sells like jewelry and clothes and shoes and stuff now. She's got a brand, um, but uh, whatever. So that's what she's doing now. Well, who, okay, breaking news, Ty, what do we have? Hunter Dickinson, formerly uh, of the Michigan Wolverines. Hunter Dickinson, f- formerly of the Michigan Wolverines. This is a transfer portal player is going to play where? He will be playing at the University of Kansas next year. Mm. Oh, no. They also have Arterio Morris rolling in there, too, correct? Yeah, and Hunter Dickinson, he was one of the top remaining guys in the in the transfer portal. Obviously a big seven-footer. Um, kind of expanded his game last year, being able to hit some threes. So that's a that's a big piece for for Kansas. Yep, Kansas is the favorite, unquestionably. Well, at this aren't point. they always in the or Big Houston. Twelve? No, I mean in the country, Houston too. I Houston's mean, up big, there as well. Big but... Twelve basketball next year is going to be fun. Yeah, and Rodney's got to get the RT's got to get this. Speaking of Rodney Terry, by the way, we're going to be able to hopefully talk to Rodney on Monday. Tomorrow is the mullet open. Today's the mini mullet open. Monday. We're going to be uh, doing the show live at the University of Texas Golf Club, UT Club, for the uh, the coaches Austin's chapter of the Coaches versus Cancer Golf Classic. It's by the, yes. put on by the American Cancer Society. Uh, Rodney Terry will be out there. Uh, Ty Harrington, who had his battle with cancer, he will be out there with us. So hopefully, talk to Rodney as they're still trying to build that roster. Because uh, look, I mean, it's not just building a roster. If you're Rodney Terry, you're trying to build a roster that can compete in the Big Twelve, which means. If you can compete in the Big 12, you can compete nationally. Yep. <laughs> you're, you're playing Houston and Kansas no and Baylor. I mean, these are all teams that, that want to win a national championship, and uh, that's big news. So what? tell me, the Hunter Dickinson? Is yep. that right? Or did you say Dickerson? Dickinson, right? Unless yep. I'm getting that wrong. No, you're good. You're good. I'm just I'm looking at Jessica Simpson. Hunter Dickinson, yep. Hunter. Number, he was the number one transfer portal uh, prospect, actually. So top, top dogs off the board. Uh, so Jessica Simpson owns a company called uh, Sequential Brands Group. Sequential Brands Group, 
It's created in 2005, the Jessica Simpson Collection. And, yeah. So she's a billionaire? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, does well. So that's why she's not in movies anymore, huh? Why would you make movies? I mean, and didn't she? She married the former NFL tight end. And they've got kids and the whole bit. Good for her. That's awesome. Good for her. Yeah. I love and then when, it's nice when, like, really, really rich people just, like, have their money and just go away and you never hear from them again. Uh, and then That's Jessica, what I would do. And we told you yesterday, I came in and Jessica Alba was trending on Twitter. And I was like, what's that about? It was only because she was sitting courtside at the at the Knicks game and a little clip of her went viral. Because, oh, there's Jessica, Jessica Alba. Still really pretty. And apparently was sitting right down a couple seats from Aaron Rodgers and Sauce Gardner, mm-hmm. uh, the newest the New York, New York Jets quarterback. And Sauce Gardner had to admit he didn't know who she was. He didn't know who Jessica Alba is. Do you think that's weird for Aaron Rodgers to like be hanging out with guys who are like 20 years younger than him? As well, teammates? he's going through his college acid stage, so I think it makes exact <laughs> sense. Like most of us went through the stage Aaron Aaron Rodgers is going through when we were like 20, you know, when we were like kind of college know-it-all hippies, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Aaron has now decided to do that in his late 30s, which makes it super weird. Well, he yeah. I mean, it's you have to take a page out of Tom Brady's book. Like when you move to a new team when you're 40 years old, you're going to be dealing with a lot of 20 year olds and 24 year olds, and that's what he's trying to do. I'll give Aaron Rodgers this credit. He he's specifically staying in New York. He wants to be there all off season to get to know his team and get to know his teammates and kind of bond. And they've been raving about um, um, you know so far what kind of teammate he's been. But we'll see. It'll only show up on the field. Will it have any clear close to the success Tom Brady did? When he moved to Tampa Bay and uh, won a Super Bowl. Let's see how all these guys like him when he starts screaming at them after week one when they lose. That's right. Yeah, it's, well, Tom Brady would scream at people, too. I don't, don't, don't get that twisted. What's well, a big difference going from, from Zach Wilson and Mike White sure. to a guy? Well, that, and that's that's part of what he's he's told the team. Like, I want, I want to be here to make sure everybody understands the bar. We want to get this thing, too. And you know, Zach Wilson can learn from that, I think. Jessica Alba's company, by the way, the Honest Company. The Honest Company. Um, she was like... Diapers and, and kids stuff, baby stuff. And she's made another one, like millions and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, so good for them, you know. I like when they people get rich. Yeah. With good ventures. Yeah. Pay your taxes. What what does Jessica Alba have a high water mark as a actress? Is there a high water point of her career? I can't tell tell you one movie she was in. I know I've seen movies that she's in, but nothing memorable. Yeah, I think I'm with Ty there. Um, I don't you? know how much of a movie. Now that we've had this like restaurant and bars on TV and movie conversation today, I realize I don't watch as much television as I should. I didn't know half of them. It's oh, probably, really? Probably a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Simpson's net worth is two two hundred sixty million. I guess I said billionaire. Billions a lot, but she does well. Yeah, that's a lot of money still. They're rolling in dough, and she doesn't have to make movies. And she was not the original Daisy Duke, or she's not the Daisy Duke you have to think of, Ty. You gotta gotta look up uh, the original Daisy. Brown-haired. Sin City. Sin City. She was in Fantastic Four. Jessica Alba's been in. Um, she was in Machete as well. That's where I remember from is Machete. Who's the Who's the the main actor in that? That the Hispanic dude that is Machete. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, he's basically just Machete. Yeah. Like, he's that's just like, what he's I like think play of. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm looking at uh, Jessica Alba's. I am. She's made a lot of movies. Now, I would say if you want to. Uh, See her at her best. She's in a movie called Into the Blue, where she's in that. Who's that other hunky heartthrob guy that is that Paul Walker? Mm, Paul Walker, remember him? He was killed in the car accident. Yeah. Um, well, they this whole movie is they're scuba divers and they're hunting for treasure. So the entire movie essentially Jessica Alba and if you're a female Paul Walker in a bathing suit. Yeah. Like the whole movie, and uh, a lot of great underwater scenes with Jessica Alba swimming around. 
if I remember. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's her at the top of her game, top of her game. Now she's a business lady and doing great, which we appreciate uh, on the on that front. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo is the uh, the yeah. machete. Uh, hey, Ty. Uh, T- <laughs> Ty. Uh, hey, Craven. The uh, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Let's wrap up our conversations. It's taken in and around all of the other conversations, which is a lot of fun on a buck off Thursday, the uh, Big 12. And, and we've t- been doc- talking specifically about the Longhorns and then the teams the Longhorns play that you've seen and have talked to the coaches. And uh, obviously we'll finish with the team that I know maybe the most excited about the 2023 season. Uh, Baylor's got work to do. TCU's got rebuilding to do. Houston in a, in a p- tough spot. Rice. But Texas Tech, really, really confident with Joey McGuire, someone who you covered even when he was a high school coach. Yeah, I think the last time I saw Texas Tech's about plus 700 to win the Big 12. That feels like a, a pretty solid little flyer. I mean, they have two quarterbacks with NFL potential. Tyler Shuck has, has broken his collarbone the last two years, but if he can stay healthy, that's a kid that transferred from Oregon with a lot of NFL hype. The The scouts love him. They came to Lubbock just to watch him throw to some wide receiver-eligible uh, players at the Pro Day last year. So if he could stay healthy, he's 4-0 as a starter last year for Texas Tech, and then Baron Morton behind him, a former four-star guy that they were lucky uh, to keep in Lubbock. And then you look around that, the offense line's going to get better. All those guys are back. They got uh, uh, Randy Stats coming in to play center from Western Kentucky. That should solidify the middle. Uh, Zach Kittley's the offensive coordinator. and it's, They're going to score points, right? It's like when we were talking about Sonny Dykes earlier. Zach Kittley's been an offensive coordinator, for, I think, for seven years now, and he's put in a top-20 offense every single time. So they're going to figure out a way uh, to score points. And then quietly, Texas Tech is is shucking that stigma of being only an offensive team. Tim DeRuiter came in there. You know, The first pick of the Big 12 was not Bijan Robinson. It was Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, the edge rusher. Uh, they have Miles Cole back on the edge to, to kind of replace some of that production. And then they have the two best interior defensive linemen in the Big 12. Like, I think Texas and Texas Tech have an argument uh, for that best interior line. But Tony Bradford, Jalen Hutchins uh, were both all-conference guys last year that are really good, that are super seniors, that are back. And if you have that to start your defense up front that can handle that physicality, that can free up your linebackers, uh, you can figure out the rest out. So they're going to have to figure out some pass rush, get better along the offensive line. But Texas Tech's going to be one of those teams you absolutely do not want to play. Uh, and, and you know, in the state of Texas, maybe the, the primary threat to Texas, uh, if Baylor is still kind of trying to work their way back and, um, you know, Houston is where they are. Uh, obviously, K-State and Oklahoma will also be threats to Texas in the Big 12, but you didn't go to their spring games or spring practices uh, this spring. Uh, but, t- you know, there's a lot to like. And I know we talked to Chris Level uh, right out of spring, out of their spring game at, at Lubbock, and Chris is tremendous. He does the sidelines and he publisher Red Raider uh, Sports and just really – but he said a lot what you said. There's, there's still issues. It's still Texas Tech, but Joey McGuire has them believing after beating Oklahoma and Texas in the same year and winning a bowl game. They haven't done that in a long time. Uh, and – they're an old team. I mean, their their average age is 22, 23 years old. Uh, quarterback is 23 years old. And if he gets hurt, Baron Morton is ready to step in. Uh, you know, we saw that. I don't want to say they're as talented as TCU last year, but they've got age like TCU did, which, you know, you can that can win your ball games. If you don't turn the football over, you're careful. you got a coach like Joe McGuire who's going to get them ready to play every week. Uh, that becomes a challenge. I think the Longhorns are fortunate that they get to play them here, right? That's the last game of the year. It's in Austin. I think there's a lot of folks that think that game could mean a lot. To the Big 12 and who plays the following weekend. We got to remember this is a Texas Tech program that had not finished 500 or better in the Big 12 since 2009. That was when Mike Leach was there. I mean, it had been a long, long time. And Joey McGuire comes in, takes over a program that had been 500 the years before under Matt Wells. 
uh, not a fantastically recruited program, and goes in there and wins eight games. It beats Oklahoma, it beats Texas at home in the same year for the first time in program history. Every time I open up my email, there's some new building project going on with Lubbock football where they're redoing this side of the stadium, redoing the locker room, redoing this, announcing an NIL collective that. And so, you know, momentum is strong out there. And we have to remember, like, Texas is going to leave the Big 12. So Texas and Oklahoma, I, I don't believe, are part of this conversation. But if we're looking at the new Big 12, especially if we look in the state and you take Tech, TCU, Baylor, and Houston, I could make an easy argument that Tech is best positioned to be a Big 12 power moving forward just because of how many students they have. Like TCU doesn't even have 100,000 living alum. Baylor's not much more than that. Texas Tech is over 400,000. You know, they got 40,000 students at all time in Lubbock. And so uh, with NIL becoming bigger and bigger, that's a reason that they've been able to have the collective and have that 25,000 for every single person on the team, for the basketball team, for the softball team and all that. You know, West Texas is big. And when they're excited, like when Mike Leach had him there, you ask any of those guys like Babers and stuff, like AT&T Jones is one of the harder places to play at night when that place is rocking and McGuire has them. Uh, figuring that back out. What is it that uh, Joey McGuire is all about? I mean, obviously he was such a great coach at Cedar Hill. He was on Matt Rule's staff at Baylor and helped him transition to the to the state of Texas. What separates Joey McGuire? I think Joey McGuire is as close to Mac Brown as I've ever uh, ever come across since I've been a kid. And like the, the feel, like Mac Brown would make everybody in the building, from the custodian to like the doctor's child to his fifth, you know, best center on the roster, feel like he was in, in a very important person. He'd remember their person's name, their mom, where they came from, some issues that were going on. He was just that way. He was just an incredible people person that made people feel better when they left the room when when they entered it. McGuire's the same way, and I think that goes back to his high school coaching roots. You know, always had to do a little bit less with more, always had to be a community leader, kind of a face of a program in a way that college programs maybe not, you know, out in the community and stuff. And he's a chameleon. He's one of those. He's not from West Texas. But I bet if you polled 80% of Tech fans, they think he was from Mule, you know, shoe. Mule shoe or something <laughs> like that, right? Like, oh, he must be from down the road. Uh, but he's a DFW guy, and he just does a really great job of uh, ingratiating himself into everybody and, and just an enjoyable dude. You know, and I think it's one of the reasons that all the media guys like him, too, is, you know, he makes us all feel, you know, he gives us time and he gives us interviews and all that kind of stuff. And you know, that goes a long way. You know, they're, they're humans, too. Yeah, interesting. Closest Sometimes. to Mac Brown with Joey McGuire. Uh, all right. Yeah. And remember, everything goes through Lubbock. That's what Joey said last year. It all <laughs> comes through Lubbock. But yeah. uh, Steve Sarkeesian that's what you gotta would say. say. Steve Sarkeesian would say it comes through Austin this we'll year. See. Because that's where that game is at the end of the year. Longhorns, of course, open Big 12 play at Baylor. At Waco, they'll play Houston middle of the year. They play Rice on September 2nd to start the season. Texas Tech to wrap up the season. Good stuff with Mike Craven, uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and, of course, our new podcast, uh, Multicast, we call it, because it's on YouTube and you can watch it. Got two cameras going and cranking out great video and content. We do that every week. Now we're on hiatus in May, but we're going to bring that back starting right after Memorial Day, just like the Longhorns. So look for it every week on uh, YouTube at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and at the Horn and uh, can listen to it. iTunes and Spotify. It's good stuff. Myself and Mike breaking down the Longhorns in the Big 12. Coming back, being on the horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. And this is what we used to do back in the 70s. That's the uh, theme to Three's Company there, Mike Craven. That's where Mr. Roper was the landlord, and it was uh, the Regal Beagle, baby. The Regal Beagle. That's where they hung out. And our fictional bars and restaurants conversation this morning, that's a high one. I think the Bada Bing Sopranos going to win for a TV dramatic series. I think we're going to Moe's Tavern for the Simpsons or Cheers. Cheers may be eliminated because it's, it's an actually not a fictional bar. It's an actual bar. 
but it was the scene of the show, Cheers. Uh, Ty has voted for Patty's It's Always Sunny in, in Philadelphia. Patty's Pub. Patty's Pub. But that's the thing, too. A lot, Not all of the show takes place in the pub, but I'd say at least like 50%. Every show starts with them walking into the into Patty's Pub. And Crown and Anchor Pub and, and Ted Lasso, which I was watching last night. Movies, uh, gosh, I mean, I think Roadhouse with a double deuce has to be strong. Roadhouse, double deuce. And we've learned that Mike Craven has not seen Roadhouse. Which I have not seen Roadhouse. I think you have to be one of the very few nearing 40-year-old males that I know that have not seen that movie. Maybe. Maybe. It's just never, seen Roadhouse, right? I've seen Roadhouse, yeah. yeah but that, really. that was more of a recent, like within the past three years, I watched Roadhouse for the first time. Patrick Swayze and his best. Hmm. I thought he'd be taller. You know, of course, uh, uh, Sam Elliott's in that film, too. I do love Sam Elliott. Me, too. Sometimes the bar eats you. Sometimes the bar eats you. Uh, what was I watching yesterday? Because sometimes you'll just uh, you flip through. Uh, I'm on, on one of my Showtime channels, it was uh, Days of Thunder. Mm. The last 15 minutes of Days of Thunder, maybe a little longer. When you know Cole Trickle, Tom Cruise talks uh, Robert Duvall's character into setting his car up for Daytona, baby. Yeah, because he wanted to go uh, go win that race for Rowdy. That's a that's an old classic too. Uh, uh, so somebody, uh, my buddy, texted me and said that the Cheers bar is not the real bar. It's not the same. That's true. There is a Cheers bar in Boston, but it's nowhere. Doesn't look like if you ever go to it, you're like, doesn't look like the Cheers bar. We're we doing here. Uh, but that has been fun this morning. Also on the buck ons and buck offs, can I give one last buck off here from baseball. Uh, I know Craig Way is going to come in here in a good mood because his Dodgers, his Dodgers won again last night. They won six in a row. I think they set a record for run scored in a three game series. They're, the the Phillies went into L A and got pummeled, and I think it's true. I think the lifetime Longhorn Cody Clemens pitched in two games because they were they just were getting bombed and they put him in twice. Uh, of course, Roger, his dad was a pretty good pitcher back in the day. And I think they did, but they, they won again last night with 10 more runs. Also, Shohei Otani joining Babe Ruth. Only people ever with 500 career strikeouts as a pitcher, 100 home runs as a hitter. Did that pretty quick, huh? This guy's amazing. I mean, it's just it's breathtaking what this guy does. Yeah, get him out of Anaheim. I know. Get him. As much as I, I hate, I would hate to say it, but get him to New York. Yeah, he needs to be uh, at a, on a stage. That would help baseball out. Yeah. I mean, in you know, in the World Baseball Classic, his striking out of Mike Trout to, to clinch it was just the climax. It yeah. was unbelievable. That was great. That was a great piece of theater, a sports theater. And, uh, yeah, he and Mike Trout kind of languished there with the halos. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mike, uh, buck on to you, man. Thanks so much for coming in here and doing this and looking forward to more of our Eyes on Texas multicast coming up starting uh, right after Memorial Day. But we'll do this again for sure. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Mike Craven. It's at Craven Mike on Twitter, so just go last name first. And then Dave Campbell's Texas Football. When does the uh, the big edition come out for uh, the preview? Uh, we send it off to, to press the last day of May, and then it comes out early July, and we'll be announcing the cover on June 5th. I already know who it is, but I can't tell you. So yeah, how about you that? Go. Got a little inside scoop. But uh, thank you, Mike. My, Ty, great stuff. Win some bets tonight. You both got the Warriors tonight, correct? Yep. Warriors and the Pirates. War, oh, and the Pittsburgh and the Pirates. Pirates. Rangers and Astros both off today. They'll uh, get back at it on Friday. Hey, Mike, have a good one. Everybody out there, if you missed any part of the show, good conversations, hit it at the uh, podcast at hornfm.com. We'll see you live from the Mullet Open tomorrow morning.